Japan by River Cruise is made possible thanks to those who donate to the show at japanbyrivercruise.com, which we sincerely appreciate. Thank you for supporting the show. Of course, we couldn't do it without the generosity of our corporate sponsors either. The Japanese design aesthetic is famous the world over. There's something unique about the Japanese approach to visual problem solving, and you're able to learn it in this exclusive five-week course. Week one looks at typography and how you can make any brochure look fancy by adding a word in katakana. Week two teaches product design, focusing on how to make sure your products are conceived with enough surface space for people to stick a whole bunch of post-it notes on them, explaining what buttons to push and why. Week three is all about website design, which includes a free checklist to make sure that you include every color and every font your system supports. In week four, you'll understand the principles of white space, or as it's more commonly known, the gaijin seat. In week five, interior design, where each day is spent on one of the seven interior design fundamentals. Beige 101, white, beige 102, black, beige 103, a flower, and advanced beige. Book your place now and we'll include the graduate level course for free. Please note, the graduate level course is just a downloadable database of great wave vectors. Hello, Brian, and welcome back to Japan by River Cruise. I'm Bobby Judo. And I'm Ollie Horn. And returning this week is Bae McNeil, author of the Japan Times Black Eye on Japan and books like Hi, My Name is Loco and I'm a Racist, which he's just signed a deal to have published in Japanese as well. He also runs the Southern Comfort sponsored Tsurumi River Party Cruise, Soko in Yokohama. Bae, it's great to have you back. Great to be back, man. On this week's show, a Nike Japan commercial focusing on the struggles faced by mixed-race youth in Japan has the country divided. How divided exactly? That's difficult to say. Some would call it half, while others would call it not Japanese enough. In any case, we'll see what Bae has to say about what Japan has to say about what this multi-billion dollar corporation has to say about social justice. Plus, Ali's got your weekly river cruise recommendation. Ali? Yes, this week's recommendation is a new Tokyo cruise that is a stone's throw away from Google's office in Shibuya, which Gmail users can claim a free pair of tickets for if they reach so-called Inbox Zero when they board, as part of a new promotional campaign. Critics of the scheme have pointed out that since the confirmation email needs to be shown when boarding, no passenger has yet gotten on for free. Also, later in the show, river cruise providers all over the country race to emulate the Osaka model, which features a well-defined traffic light system for monitoring seating capacity, a very well-spoken communications director, and zero substantial policy differences. Also, compared to the other major Japanese models, the Osaka one is kind of rude. Boye, I can't believe it was over 20 episodes ago. Uh, that you last came on the show you way back in episode 40 uh you came on at quite a, a somber time uh in um in your career where you were having to do the news rounds explaining the black lives matters protests to a domestic japanese audience and beyond uh thankfully we've got you back on with, with slightly more positive news you've just got your uh book deal and uh we can see potentially some progress uh, because a big multinational corporation has shone a light on the fact that uh, Japan's not equal yet, and we'll talk about that in the news. Uh, but what's changed in the last six months? 
Um, well, I'm building a house in Tokyo, so it's uh, it's almost done, and we'll be moving in next month. Oh, congratulations! Oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's yeah. uh, it's been Putting a hell of a process. house takes a long time. Um, actually, they I think they started in June. So it's only been about six months. So yeah, yeah. So it, it really would have been when you were on the podcast last. Yeah, would have started. that's about the time it started. Good, and you thought, you know what, this this podcast was so successful, I'm going to back myself <laughs> and build a house. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And how else have you been keeping busy? Well, I'm working on an audio book of my first book, and so we've been doing uh, weekly sessions. Try to get that done by February or March. So. You know, Sam Jackson and Morgan Freeman, they, they turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to do it myself. And uh, so far, so good. So far. It's, it's not as easy as I thought, though. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call bullshit real quick because I know for a fact that <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson doesn't turn anything down. I'm sorry. He turned this one down. And I was pissed. I'm like, you did the snakes on the plane shit and you wouldn't do my book? You did that fucking bedtime story bullshit and you didn't do my book? But he didn't. So. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not he mad. He even read Eels on a River Cruise, our audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a hell it's a it's it's a very involved process actually. But uh, I think my problem is that um I don't know, I I read too fast. Mm. So you gotta learn how to breathe and take a breath and right now I'm listening to Obama, Barack Obama's audiobook right now, his his new book. And he is just so fucking cool, right? <laughs> oh. You can just see him sitting down by the fireplace, reading his fucking book, taking his time. I'm like, okay. I hadn't heard the audio book, but I guess that means Samuel L. Jackson didn't do that one either. No, 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 no. Sam, Samuel Jackson just turned down everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes on how Obama's doing it, and I'm going to try to you know, use him as a role model for... Producing yeah. a great audiobook because so far it's amazing, man. I just feel like you just feel like he's he's right there in a the room with you. I mean, it's so. And then you've got your work cut out to improve your Japanese pronunciation, so you can do the Japanese audiobook of your own book. <laughs> <laughs> is, well, is that um, the goal? I actually, I have a master plan for that because audiobooks are not that popular in Japan right now. But um, I think somebody's going to have to do what took place in the states to make them popular here, and that's going to be me. What what took place in the states to make them popular? They started using celebrities like Sam Jackson. Oh right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Duh. But I, I'm going to. <laughs> but I'm going to do the same thing here. But um, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Is this your official request to Bobby Judo to voice your book? No, Basically. no, no. I gotta Someone suggest uh, you can do it in Japanese. Get, you can do it. Get downtown Hamada to do it. <laughs> He'll do the voice. Ooh, 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 ooh. I wonder if he'll remember me. Like, wait a minute, aren't you the guy? <laughs> right, well, we look forward to that coming out. I'll definitely be buying it. Uh, well, thank you. I normally, normally, I only listen to Japan by River Cruise, but I'll make an exception for this work. <laughs> Much obliged, man. Uh, we, um, we do have some people to thank uh, our, our listeners. We should have thanked Claire last week, uh, who subscribed to be a member. Uh, as you know, members get access to extra bits of content. In fact, this week's going to be no exception. Uh, no doubt there's going to be lots of content to, that, that Baye has shared that won't make the main episode. So if you're interested in hearing more, then you can join Claire, uh, who we're very grateful for, by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Japan by River Cruise. 
Bobby, who else do we need to thank? Also, we need to thank uh, Ishikawa Summit to see who bought us three coffees uh, as a thank you for uh, me being a guest on their podcast. Uh, and I recommend listening to at least that one. I mean, that one's worth the listen. Um, there was there was a funny moment in it where where I begrudgingly was praising you. We were talking about how Ali, if you listen to his comedy, it's easy to forget that he's really smart and cute. But but you do come across as like very intellectual and very intelligent in a lot of our discussions. And I made a joke and I said, uh, if you are a close listener to the podcast, even this podcast, you'll notice that one of us sounds like they know what they're doing and doesn't know what they're talking about. And the other one is the opposite. Like doesn't always seem like they know the, what they're talking about, but does. And Casey on on their show asked if that dynamic was by design. And after the fact, I was like, wait, did he just ask me if I'm stupid on purpose? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, did you did you mean to be dumb? <laughs> like, <laughs> was that planned? I mean, you look thick. Are you putting it on? Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's test how stupid you are by taking a look at this week's news. Bobby Judo, what's in the news this week? There is a new Nike Japan commercial that shows three young women, two mixed race, one ethnically Korean in Japan. And it shows scenes of their daily lives and the discriminatory treatment that they face. And then they show them channeling their feelings into excelling at sport and thereby triumphing over racism, maybe. Baia, you must be thrilled after seeing the Japanese reactions to this shoe advertisement because according to them, there's no racism in Japan. Thoughts? <laughs> um, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that it makes my life easier to hear that. But um, but does it though? Now you can't sell any books. Well, I can sell books about you know the the racism that used to exist here before Nike came along. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so let's. Let's approach this from from two directions, right? Like, why 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 do you think Nike did this? And also, like, the reactions all over. What what was your reaction when you first saw the commercial? Honestly, my my reaction was, it, it felt like um, Naomi Osaka is on the. Uh, she's getting aggressive, more aggressive, as as far as um, addressing the racism addressing the the bullying and the discrimination here in Japan. Yeah. I mean, she promised that she was going to get involved and she has gotten involved. And she is featured and in this commercial. It's not a commercial. Only for a brief moment, but I'm sure she was behind it. You know, and I feel like um this was her way of saying, you know, I'm I'm in the game now. Yeah. I'm stepping onto, you know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing my part to address the issues here that are not being addressed. And yeah. I'm using this international sponsor to to do that. And they yeah. knew they were going to ruffle feathers. Yeah, I, I think they intended to. I think they intended yeah. to. I think they intended to spark conversation, spark debate, and they did just that. It's brilliant. It's Unfortunately, brilliant. it hasn't sparked conversation so much as a lot of very angry people going, nope, 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 nope. I, I disagree. I disagree. There's a lot of angry people, but there's always a lot of angry people yeah. on the internet. I mean, there's no way getting, sure. there's no way around that. But the people I've spoken to, you know, people who are in education here in japan what now they're promising to teach it in their classes yeah you know right so this is the kind of thing i'm i'm hearing i'm hearing from the people who are approving of it and how they're going to make sure that this is seen and and, and addressed and and understood widely so yeah um 
yeah, I, I've, the, the naysayers are always going to be there. They're always going to there's always going to be somebody who's going to come out sure. and say something negative about it. I just hope that Nike realizes how incredible this particular um, piece was and how effective it's been in, mm-hmm. in addressing yes. exactly what they wanted to do. Well, they were actually making two points, and one of the points I do have a, a personal problem with, which is the premise that you can be bullied into being good at sport. Uh, I was bullied at school, and I cannot <laughs> run for shit. So that 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 is a fair criticism, right? But the, but the idea it didn't work for me either. Bullied. <laughs> right? I, I never learned how to. <laughs> but but that aside, what the commercial seeks to show is life as a mixed race individual in japan is difficult and trying and and the the main point of this advert is that right they just wanted to shine a spotlight on the fact that these young people are bullied and the reactions to it i, I mean i don't think they're like all they're saying everybody's saying no 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 I, i've seen a lot of people who are very happy to see this i think a lot of people find it a sign of progress find it encouraging enjoy that this is being publicized in japan the no no no's are coming from japanese right wingers who are again like a I don't know if they're necessarily a minority, but they're really loud. They, their bark is louder than their numbers, most likely. And of their reactions, the most the most common one is, is Nike, don't bring this racism problem over to Japan. There is no racist problem in Japan. And people have held up like the, the Rugby World Cup team, which is very diverse, as evidence that there's no racism in Japan. It just verifies the point that, that it... Um, there's a lot of tone deafness here. Mm. There's a lot of people just, I know, in, out of America, we have the, the, the Black Lives Matters. But I think here in Japan, they need a, a biracial Lives Matter. You know, they need their own BLM here because you've had, you have Louis Hachimura, you've had um, Ariana Miyamoto, you have Priyanka Yoshiwara, you've had uh, Aisha Tochigi, all these people who've, are biracial and have reached prominent, reached platforms where they can reach the entire nation. Yeah, have spoken out against bullying that they've experienced in their lives, and people are still saying, "Oh, there's no racism, there's no bullying," and Nike's, you know, creating a problem that doesn't exist. So they're not really paying attention to the voices of Japanese people who are speaking out against this. I agree, and I, I, I would maybe suggest that it's not biracial lives matter. I would suggest maybe biracial people are Japanese, because one of the reactions that I've seen to this this commercial when they deny the racism, they go, "No, I've I've seen modern Japanese schools and gaikokujin of all kinds get along with Japanese people," and right. it's like that's that's the problem. The people in this commercial are not gaikokujin; they're Japanese kids, and exactly. that that's the issue right there. It is the issue. I was having a conversation with a student of mine today, and she was kind of um, launching assaults on the right wing here and the conservative mindset here. And I said, mm-hmm. um, I think your definition of conservative is the, the maybe you're talking about the ultra conservative or the ultra right wing. I said, to me, the very definition of, of a conservative in Japan is anyone who equates gaijin with anything. So if you say gaijin equals strange or gaijin equal um, problem, mm. you are conservative at best. <laughs> at best. Mm. You Let's... know, and and she looked at me like, huh? Because she knows she was also, you know, yeah. partakes of that mindset. And that is the, the 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 predominant mindset you're going to encounter in Japan of people who grouped who think of non Japanese as a as a group 
and yeah. Japanese as a group. And if you do that, to me, you're conservative. You're leaning towards conservatism and you're open to some of the ideas they're going to push forward. We've mentioned this time and time again on the show, but one issue that hinders this debate is many Japanese people do genuinely believe that Japanese people can be grouped as a race. And they like the idea that there is one such thing as Japanese identity, which is why people don't really understand the problem that say when there was uh, this news article about Osaka, why does Osaka have more COVID cases? Oh, because Osakans are more um, Latino than the rest of Japan. Yeah, more Latin, right? And I mean, firstly, that's it conjures up a really funny image of people kind of salsering down the Dotonbori. Um, but, uh, but also, th that's not seen as an issue because, yeah, I mean, maybe Latin people do share certain characteristics and that's a nice proxy to describe certain loud personality traits. And, and so obviously part, you know, part of the reason this debate is so difficult is Japanese people like being comforted by the fact that Japaneseness is a thing. Yeah, they they do it in their language too because they they like to identify certain things as Japanese, and if they identify positive characteristics in foreigners, they say the foreigners are Nihonjin poi. They're like Japanese, and when they identify you know characteristics that they don't like in a group of people, like people from Osaka, they say it's Nihonjin banareshiteru, which means like they're a little bit different from Japanese. Which it took me years <laughs> to figure out that that's a euphemism for. They're kind of dicks. Yeah, yeah. So they say there's Nihonjin and then there's, you know, dicks. <laughs> this is this dichotomy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the dichotomy by it. It's the, the dichotomy. dichotomy. It's pronounced dichotomy. It's this dichotomy. That's. <laughs> Well, if we're doing puns, then I'll just make my observation that I didn't think that the advert was that bad because they were showing slip-on shoes, which shows there's no signs of lacism. Uh, which, which the same thing cannot be said about that joke, which has got a separate layer if you want to read into it there. No, don't read any other layers. It's, nope, nope. The joke is what it is. Uh, let's get back to the discussion. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. these discussions are the kind of discussions which you wanted to happen, right? Yeah. Are you happy that the discussions are happening on the terms that this Nike ad has set? Well, um, that's a good question, actually. Um, Thank you. I'm the intelligent one. I, I'd prefer, I'd prefer that a Japanese company be the impetus for this type of conversation. Mm. Nissan, uh, Shiseido, one of these companies do something similar to what um, Nike did here. I would prefer that because it's more difficult for these right ring characters to come out against a Japanese company the same way they've came full guns, both all guns, blast, um, you know, aimed and targeted at, at Nike. And I, I, and I hope and it's going to be difficult because of all the backlash, but I would hope that a Japanese company would see what Nike did and be inspired by it to do it themselves. But after watching the backlash, they're probably going to be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're not touching that shit. So um, that's, that's, that's discouraging. That's, that's sad that um, they're going to let the, the negative responses to this particular ad probably deter them from, from um, going down that, that path, but I, I I was hoping they would. When I first saw it, I said, "Oh God, this could start a whole new, mm. um, a whole new level of um, corporate, how you say, corporate responsibility, a corporate yeah. social responsibility. This could start a whole new level of that here in Japan because I, I see some of it in Japan, but not addressing these types of things, not yeah. often enough. 
There needs well, to be more of it. It needs to be on some of the more major companies, Toyota, Honda. These guys used to get need to get involved in it. But um, I after wanted to seeing raise the that backlash. It's probably going to be a deterrent. I wanted to raise that point about corporate responsibility. More more specifically, the fact that this is a multi billion dollar corporation that's doing this because. I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, like when the Marvel movies make, you know, Captain Marvel or um, there's some film reviewers that I watch that, that talk about like, you know, the Ghostbusters female reboot where everybody labels it, you know, feminism and activism. And if you don't like the movie, you're anti-feminist, you're anti-social activism. But the the reviewers point out that this is like, this is like, a, it's a money grab. It's a major corporation trying to get as much money as possible and branding their corporate slop as social justice and activism and you know, consumers eat it up. And so the fact that this is Nike, I hate to be cynical, but like as positive as the impact is, I still can't escape the fact that this is, this is a major corporation who's doing this to sell athletic wear. Yeah. And at the time of recording, they've had over 11 million people look at their logo as a result of this advert on YouTube alone. Well, they've been doing this since the eighties, mm. you know. So it's not—they're not new to this game. I, the problem I have is that they are involved in some some malfeasance here in Japan. I mean, not in Japan, in Asia. Yeah. So yeah, especially yeah. In, in 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 regards to what's happening in China with the uh, and don't help me with the pronunciation. Uyghurs, yeah. the Uyghurs. There, um, I saw the story in the New York Times last weekend about. Uh, their, um, the lobbyists, Nike lobbyists' efforts to try to, you know, prevent the, the laws against using the labor from um, oh, this group. no, I hadn't seen that. That sounds... Yeah, and um, that's problematic, you know. Oh, I didn't and... have high standards for Nike's labor law considerations <laughs> to start with, but man. Yeah, the, I mean, they've had labor issues. Most corporations have yeah. labor, you know, issues, but... Nike's had them, but they've been trying to deal with them. That's the thing, you know, because yeah. they realize they're under the radar, especially when on one hand they're talking, they're addressing human rights issues, and the other hand they're, right. you know. <laughs> but so they've really been trying to take care of it, but this thing is kind of dark. So, yeah, that's, they, they weren't the right company to do this. I love what they've done. I just wish that it was a different company that did it. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'll phrase it in a slightly different way, but my big issue with this is that I love this message. I love this visibility and that half people, mixed race people in Japan can watch this and see the message saying, we see you, we see your struggle, we, we appreciate what you go through, it does get better. But it makes me a little bit concerned that that message is not coming from the government. I wish it was coming from the government or an educational network or something along those lines and not a sports corporation that's looking at half black kids going hey you guys like sports you want some sneakers yeah did your daughters watch this by the way my daughters yeah no no <laughs> they're five <laughs> no <laughs> well, I don't do, know. do you feel like do you feel like this commercial speaks to them in any way i feel like it might in the future my wife and i talked about it yesterday um but i mean the only reason they haven't watched it is because they're five like they don't okay <laughs> they watch twice videos um but but no, I, I think that these are issues that they will be dealing with in their own way when they're in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. Definitely. I think it will speak to them in their experience. Well, of course, one positive thing about this being a night commercial rather than a domestic Japan commercial only for a domestic audience is that there's been worldwide coverage. 
And Baye, I noticed that you were recently interviewed by Le Monde and you put on your Facebook account uh, a brief account of your interaction with the journalist. And the journalist started their interview by saying, well, while of course there is discrimination in Japan, it's nothing like the discrimination that exists in France where black people get beaten up by the police or of course the US, which we've covered on on this podcast uh, and, and you've already shared your thoughts. And, you know, while on the one hand, the journalist, what the journalist is saying is true, that there isn't that kind of physical violence that, that happens in, in Japan to the extent that it does in other countries. You pointed out that he's coming at this from completely the wrong perspective. And this is a loaded question. How do you how do you deal with people like this? Well, fortunately, there haven't been too many reporters come, coming at me with those types of loaded questions. So I haven't had to deal with it too often with reporters. But the public, you know, when you're dealing with people who are, for example, I have friends and family and supporters and readers and, that are in in the States. And they're like, mm. you know, what you're talking about is, is minutia, man, compared to what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and um, they, they got a point, but to, but you can't totally disregard what's happening over here. It's, it's, it's all related. It's all relative. It's all connected. Like I, like I wrote in that response to this particular uh, journalist, what, what we're dealing with here in Japan, the fear and ignorance that, we, that we're dealing with here in Japan, it can escalate at any moment. Mm. You right. Know? And and it has from time to time, but um, I think that if you it, this right now Japan is at a very um, delicate moment in its in its uh, in its history, and it could go either way. And I think it's the onus is on the people here who are aware of this to try to do to try to to do what they can to try to you know you know try to guide things in a, in a, in a positive mm. direction. I mean, I, I feel right now Japan is on the brink of either fully embracing the diversity that's here or totally leaning in a direction that's going to exacerbate some of the, 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 the discrimination and, and injustice and, inequality that that occurs here and i'm just trying to do my part to try to make sure that doesn't happen you mentioned in the piece that it's become normalized that some people call koreans cockroaches and use this kind of language which dehumanizes people and i think the point you make is very salient that of course right now there isn't police brutality you know koreans aren't just punched on the street for being korean Uh, but that starts when they're dehumanized with this kind of language Right, you're right that I, I think it, it it all play it, it it's all the same it's all the same problem just shown in, in different ways and I, I think you've identified a very good point that we Japan can go in one of two directions it can embrace its diversity or it can look at the fact that you know Japan has some of the weaker hate speech laws in the world and there isn't really much to be done to stop this low level stuff which might actually be symp- symptomatic of the same kind of attitudes which exist worldwide and which present themselves in, in, in far more far more harrowing ways. They, they do indeed. I see it in terms of not just problems with the laws, but in a problem of people's casual attitudes towards things and the way they phrase things. And even in this Nike commercial, there's, there's a section where a girl is scrolling through news. She's a, a ethnically Korean Japanese girl, and she's scrolling through news and she comes across an article that says Zainichi Mondai which means the ethnically Korean Japanese problem. And that's a phrase that people use 
when they aren't racist, just like for a long time when they talked about racism in America against black people in Japanese, they called it the Kokujin Mondai, which is the black people problem, which to me, <laughs> to me so sounds very <laughs> reminiscent of like the final solution, kind <laughs> of like, like language that it makes it, <laughs> it makes it Match sound problem like, with solution. yeah, it makes it sound like black people are the problem instead of saying, you know, like the white people problem, which is what it is. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to this episode 63 of Japan by River Cruise. If you enjoyed the show and you're not a subscriber, then please do hit that subscribe button. We have a new episode every single week. Thank you to our guest. Baie, you have made the exclusive club of people who've been on Japan by River Cruise more than once who are not me and Ali. We'll be putting all the links to your content in the show notes. Anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Well, yeah, actually there is. Um, I'll be doing a... Something I've been doing for the last few years now, this is a, a annual event, Kwanzaa in Japan event. It'll be, this time, this year, because of COVID, it will be online. So um, follow me on Twitter and you can get all the information. <laughs> I mean, but it's going to be on December 26th and um, there'll be more information on the website. So please uh, follow me on Twitter. I can, I'll be providing more information there. Is it open for anybody right. to participate? It is open for anyone to participate. Okay, cool. I'd like to check that out. As always, thanks to everybody for listening, and we will see you next week.